Hello, everyone. Welcome to Valley Naval Gazing. I'm Eugene Driscoll of the website valleyindy.org. We cover the lower Naugatuck Valley towns of Ansonia, Derby, Seymour, and Shelton. And once a week, we blab to you on this broadcast, which is available on valleyindy.org, iTunes, and, of course, 103.5 FM WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. Today, the podcast, it's an interview with Jay Carlucci. He's the owner of the Do Drop In, which is at the corner of North Avenue and Roosevelt Drive slash Route 34 in West Derby, Connecticut. The interview was recorded during The Great Give, which was an online fundraiser for... That's a car going by. An online fundraiser back May 2nd, May 3rd for hundreds of nonprofits in the greater Naugatuck Valley and greater New Haven. It was put on by the Community Foundation for Greater New Haven and the Valley Community Foundation. So what I did, we did a thing on uh, during the Great Give where we did all these live interviews on Facebook Live. So I extracted the audio, edited it down for this interview. So there might be some references that aren't timely. Just keep that in mind as you listen and keep in mind that the audio quality is a little lessened because it was recorded on a USB microphone. So I had one more thing to say, but at the moment I can't really remember it. Oh yeah, the the shtick sort of we had going with Jay, uh, just so you know before you go in. It was the Great Give was this online fundraiser, and the Valley Indy was one of the participating nonprofits. We use the Great Give once a year as our major reader fundraiser. It's the one time a year we hit people up to donate to keep us going. So what we had said, if we could raise $500 basically during the hour Jay appeared, we would uh, I would tell an embarrassing story uh, involving myself, another person, and Jay's business, the do drop in. So we referenced that a lot just going in. Uh, that gives you the context. Okay, without further ado, here is Jay Carlucci of the do drop in in Derby. As that's Jay just coming into frame there on the he other is. camera, and there's Eugene coming back. We've got, so, so yeah. this is your camera right here, Jay. All right. Gonna make as sure you can see, Mr. Carlucci, first of all, thank you so much uh, yeah, for coming you. on and agreeing to do this and for being a sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the, the local media, we need uh, the business support, and so we really appreciate uh, the fact that, that you stepped up. And you're not a guy who sends us press releases. Mm-hmm. You're, not, I, you're not what I would call a self-promoter. You just quietly work and uh, do a good job, uh, and your reputation precedes you. In the Naugatuck Valley. So there, I, I'm, I'm kissing Jay's butt. Okay, Thank all right. You. It's good start. Uh, it's good start. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a good start. I'm so just. I'm just glad you didn't bring any of your bouncers with you. That's what I'm really uh, uh, grateful for uh, today. So yeah, Jay's looking good. He's in. Jay, you can see we need the money. You can see that's our that's our monopod. What do they call that? Mono monopod. Monopod. That's that's what we have. That that is a, a postage thing that we just cut. Interesting setup you guys had. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, any interesting setup. Yeah, understated. Wait, I'm getting uh, my... Is it from one of your articles? I'm getting... Our, our thing is getting blown up here. Oh, okay. Fine. I will tell the, uh, the other fundraising action that's happening is that Christian Yanarella has offered $20 every time I call Jay Carlucci. Jay? 
The jawline? Oh, boy. Carlucci? <laughs> so that's $20 right there. right there. What's the story behind the jawline? Um, <laughs> I, it, well, you can see. Interview. Right? I mean, other than you're life. a beautiful man. <laughs> it's, it, it actually dates back to you, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I could be wrong. Second. One of the first interviews that you did about us, or I don't know if it was you for sure, but, and they asked my wife what was one of the things that Aww. attracted herself to me. And her comment was his jawline. And I haven't heard the end of it since then. <laughs> this, you know, that's why I love journalism. You never know how it's going to affect people. Uh, so, yeah, you're right, actually, because uh, uh, Christian has e emailed me uh, a link to that old article. And I did not remember that at all. But oh, there, I, I can post right a link to that, actually. Do you have it? You see it there? Are you going to put I'll it just, on there? I'll just search jawline on valleyindy.org. That's the only story Beer, that comes up. Beer, steak. Community service, a love story. Yeah. Yes, that's and uh, yeah, that was under the, it was a we love the the valley mm. uh, segment that we did. Uh, yeah, and that was one of those. Right there. Yeah, there it is. Wait, what's the picture? The you picture can see right it? there with my wife. Yeah, there it is. Right there. Jay, don't be reading my private messages. Here. <laughs> I, you know, you know well, how, I didn't even know you could see that. Who's right? the journalist here? Yeah, yeah, how do you? I can even see that far. Yeah, I'm prepared. Good. I'm prepared. Nice. So, all right, it's let's like talk a little bit. The, the Dewdrop uh, Inn is uh, like a great business story in the Valley. The way it's turned into like almost, it's a destination yes. now. Uh, you know, and, and it's all thanks to me. No, I'm just kidding. The, when did you uh, purchase the restaurant? When did you first see it? When did you first get involved with the Dewdrop? 2006. And what, where were you? What were you doing before that? Well, I was down in New York. Um, obviously, you know that I'm from the Bronx and Mount Vernon, Lower Westchester. And Fleetwood. Just, yes, right off Fleetwood Avenue. At, uh, let me just. All right, let me just. Uh, I'm going to interrupt for a no, second. Go ahead. I lived in Yonkers for a while. Uh, Sue's Rendezvous uh, is closing. Closed. Yes. Right. It's unbelievable. Yes. There was a big story in uh, the yes. Journal News down there. They went local from, landmark. Yeah, rags to riches and back to rags. So, hmm. but they did good for a while. So good for them. And that's anybody that knows that's a uh, it's a landmark down in uh, Mount Fern, and Tracy Morgan would also uh, mention it yeah. quite often in, yeah. in funny ways. So I rudely interrupted. No, so you're living okay. down there? Uh, just living down there. Basically, I was working uh, in the lumber yard. My bosses had owned a bunch of lumber yards throughout the uh, Bronx, Westchester County, and uh, I just got tired of working for people. And uh, I just decided to uh, go out on my own and try to do something for myself. And so you, you came, how did you come across that location? Um, I was looking in New York. It was right before the market crashed in 2006, so everything was so expensive. It was mm. way out of my league. I couldn't afford anything. A uh, buddy of mine wanted to be partners with me. Uh, together, we couldn't afford rent or buy, forget about buying at the time. And uh, next thing you know, he said, hey, listen, I got a friend up in Connecticut. They own a bunch of bars. They own a few bars. Why don't you come take a look at it? Uh, so we came up. Uh, at the time, the owners had owned the Dewdrop, uh, Southbury Lodge, and the Oxford Ale House. Hmm. Um, and really, to, I wanted the Oxford Ale House, to be honest with you, because it had no kitchen, and it was just a bar. It was easy, and it was doing pretty good at the time, making money. The Dewdrop was, it wasn't failing, but it was struggling, and it had a kitchen. And uh, even though I didn't know much about business, I do know that owning a bar with the restaurant is basically two businesses. And, you know, combined mm -hmm. as one, you know, you have, so I didn't want to get involved in the kitchen. Um, but I just wanted to work for myself so bad that I, I, you know, I countered the offer they were looking for and got the phone call a day later, like, yeah, sounds good. Mm -hmm. Just ended up up in Derby, Connecticut, buying the Dewdrop. Knew yeah. nothing about the Dewdrop, <laughs> nothing about Derby, Connecticut. Didn't I even know too much about Connecticut, even though I'm from New York. I, you know, came up here 
go to the casino. That was about as much mm-hmm. as I did in Connecticut. I remember uh, 2006 or so because I was working at the News Times, uh, and I would work like from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, my wife would work from 3 to 11, so I had like no life, you know, and I had no kids at the time. Uh, I was married. And so I would uh, go to the Dewdrop a lot of times for uh, a brunch. It was a brunch. <laughs> but uh, for an early dinner. And I remember seeing you there, like, the first couple of days. It was like, I mean, at that time, there wasn't, uh, there, was, there, there were regulars, but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't a massively uh, a crowded bar. Mm. So when you see somebody new come in, you like, hey, who's that guy? And I was like, yeah. who's this guy behind the, uh, what's the deal here? And there was, like, Scuttlebutt, that that was the new owner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of, I like. I walked in the door, everyone was like. Who's this? You know, and I was like, Hi, I'm, you know, Jay, I'm your new owner. And they're like, Nobody knew that they even sold. Nobody knew what was going on. So. And so, how did you like slowly? Did you have like a, a plan? Because obviously, you guys became like craft beer mecca. You you rode that way. You're riding that wave like perfectly because the first place that I was exposed to this whole craft beer craze was seeing it at the Dewdrop. Yeah. So was that part of a? I don't know. Or is it you just it met was, Kenna finally? Of, yeah. Well, and then she just me and Kenna obviously changed everything. Um, but I had no plan to be honest with you. I just uh, I needed to learn for myself how to run a business. You know, I went from growing up in on the streets of New York and working, you know, a lot of hours a week to save as much money as I can to pay high rents to owning a business. Um, it, it took me years to, to learn and understand that um, uh, and take it serious, to be honest with you. You know, running a business is taking care of my well-being and my family, even though I didn't have so much of a, as a personal family now, wife and kids, but um, it, it took me years to understand that and learn that in the business. Not that I didn't work hard, because I did. But I didn't learn as much in the beginning. Um, doing the craft beer was just, I've always was trying to stay ahead of the times, trying to see what the net, reading about things, what's the next big thing, the next big beer, styles of beers, food, anything in general. You know, I was always reading. Um, I grew up in New York, so I was, you know, grew up around a lot of bars and clubs in Manhattan and everything like that. So I knew the scene somewhat. Um, and I just kind of just, went with my gut instincts and just decided to do, you know, change the food, bring in the craft beer at the time. Everybody thought I was crazy. Even my wife to this day, the first thing she said, she goes, you're nuts to be doing anything. But, you know, this is, not only is this Derby, Connecticut, this is the Dewdrop, and this is a shot and beer bar. Right. It's period, a, you know. Budweiser uh, or Bud Light. That's it. You know, we had four. But you could still get there. Yes, you still get there. You still get it. many times. I haven't gotten rid of it. Um, but we only had four draft lines at the time, and in a dirty, rusty kegerator that would leak, that I would have to clean throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just decided that uh, this, it wasn't, it just wasn't working. You know, I had the bottles of Bud Light and bottles of Bud, so why am I selling draft mm-hmm. of Bud? Mm-hmm. Just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sat down, talked to some people, read some stuff and said, all right, this craft beer sounds interesting. Let's, uh, let's see what it does. And yeah, at the time I probably was the first bar around the area to bring in craft beers, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and if you're just joining us, that's Jay Carlucci of the Do Drop Inn in Derby. They're at the intersection, intersection of uh, Roosevelt Drive and North Avenue. Uh, this is a little something d- different we're doing uh, for the great give today, and uh, Jay graciously uh, agreed to uh, sponsor a, a segment, which we uh, appreciate. You know, he's supporting uh, you know, a, a local nonprofit uh, media site. He's definitely not doing this because he needs the exposure. 
and if you want to ask questions, Ajay, go ahead and uh, post it in the comment uh, we got section a comment right from, under there. Uh, Rob Heider saying Jay is a great supporter of Derby athletic programs. Um, and like, yeah, that's a, we, we've had a couple guests in. We've had a bunch of guests in here over the course of the last day. And uh, we, you know, we to a, a few people are like, "Oh, who else do you have in?" And we, when we and mention their name, let me like, just oh. let me, we would say, yeah. "Jay, the jawline, Carlucci." <laughs> yeah. For Jay say the three jawline. more times. I'm sorry. Did, two did, more times. Did the microphone cut out? It was Jay the jawline. Jay the jawline. Okay, that's five. Carlucci, we maxed that out. Thank you, Mr. Yanarella. Uh, so yeah. yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, yeah, as we've mentioned that, like you would be coming in, like other people from other nonprofits would say, like, "Oh my God, he's so great!" Like you know, he's supported us throughout. Uh, throughout the uh, the years, so that's it's something good to hear about a, a business owner in the uh, in the valley. I, I just, it's important just in life. It's it's not just to me. It's not about the business. To be <clears> honest, with you. it's just important to help people. Um, and I feel that I'm anyone who knows me knows I'm a big supporter of supporting local business. Um, I've always tried to support as much local business as I can. Obviously, I can't support everything, mm. you know, but um, I've always tried to get, show my face to, to restaurants and get out there and support them financially um, and even a little, you know, the Valley Independent. To me, again, it's, it's part of the whole, mm. and, and I believe that's how I run my business. My business is a, I call it a fine-oiled machine. Every little thing matters to me, and I feel like in the community, everything should matter. Um, a local newspaper should matter because... When you watch the TV, you, you see world news or you see about big cities. You don't mm -hmm. see the little things, you know. And as local residents, you know, the papers like yourselves get out there and write about the things that are happening in the community, um, whether it's good or bad. It's mm -hmm. part of, you know, what we live in in today's society. So I think it's great that people should support that. And you're heavily involved, or you, you were in years past, with the Relay for Life. Yes. Which is the Naugatuck Valley Relay for Life. Yes. Which is, is coming up again. Are you, are you still involved as you were? Because I know now we should talk about some of your life changes yes. after, after the yes. Talk a little yeah. bit about uh, the Relay for Life and what it means to you and if you have any details on uh, when it's coming. Or if uh, we don't have it, you can certainly search them on Facebook or Ethan will try to find a link right now. Yes, we have a Facebook page. Um, so, yes, I've been involved with the Relay for Life for here for, I think, about six years now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Co-chair um, with uh, Kristen Ostrowski, a friend of mine. Uh, we've been doing it together with a great committee for many years. Uh, last year, I did take a little break as far as chairing the event. Um, my, you know, my wife got pregnant. We had the kid. Uh, there was a lot going on. So, unfortunately, yeah, um, I couldn't be as involved. But this year, I decided to, now that the... Uh, my daughter was born. Um, not that I have more time to myself. But, uh, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm balancing it better, you know. Um, and so I've been. I took a step back into it a little more this year. Um, it's really for life. Is Saturday, June third, which I believe is in about another month. Um, located on a slab over there in Shelton, right across from uh, Inline Plastics. Um, you know, the one thing that. People think they hear Relay for Life, they think it's a race. It's not a race. Um, we're not running track. What we do is we have teams of 20, 30 people, and we form. We do form a track on a big field, on the grass field, and it's like a big festival. And we have mm. music, and we have entertainment for kids, for adults. Um, we have all tents that uh, sell raffle uh, baskets for, for people. Um, everything that is generated goes towards the American Cancer Society and the fight against cancer. Um, in Connecticut, too, by the way. Um, I'm not sure of the number, but I know people are always concerned about how much 
of the, the what cents going to right, the Right, yeah, we, we encounter that. Yeah. Of, I yeah. believe we're about 72, 73 cents goes towards uh, in-care patient in Connecticut, uh, programs for cancer patients. Um, and it, you know, has a big place in my heart. Every um, Most people who know me, my mother passed away of cancer in 2011. Um, so I, I took a big stance from that point on. Um, and I think, it, again, it's a great cause. You know, uh, unfortunately, today's society, we just... You know, we hear the word cancer more and more. Uh, it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Um, so I, we, you know, got to get out there, just keep on fighting, and do what we can to help. And the, the great thing about the do job is that you're a real mobilizing force. And I'm just moving that mic uh, closer just to make sure you're being picked up. Okay. Uh, it's a great mobilizing force to, to kind of. It's a gathering place. Yes. And the amount of work you guys put into. Uh, relay before it happens, the behind-the-scenes stuff is tremendous. Yeah, there's a lot of work that gets put into it, and um, I mean the relay itself. It, we usually raise about almost a hundred thousand dollars wow. for it. Um, the do drop in ourselves, uh, and that's the one, one of the greatest thing about the valley. You know, when it's time to get together for a great cause uh, and help somebody, you're not going to find a better place than the valley. To be honest with you. Um, and the dewdrop itself, I think we've raised probably almost $100,000 ourselves over the past five, six years of, of, from donations and, and fundraisers that we've hosted. And we've got a couple coming up this year, too. So um, it, it's, uh, it's a great thing. So then, and just to, to rudely give a, a self-serving plug, you got one minute. If we can raise uh, $500 by 12.15, we're going to allow Jay to tell an embarrassing story uh, possibly involving this organization, or actually predates this organization. So anyway, we got a couple of seconds left. But now, when you first took over the do job, when you came back up here, you—if I remember correctly—when I interviewed you a couple of years back, you—you you were like, this was round the clock. You were sleeping in there. Like, what were those? Did you ever think like? And now you've got how old's your daughter? You said she's, she's a year and a half. What's her name? Gianna. Gianna. Okay. To to think back from like compare and contrast. Uh, big difference. Never, I don't set expectations for myself because that's just a setup for failure. I just trust in my work ethic um, that I'm going to succeed at whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish. And yeah, in the beginning it was, uh, it, it was brutal, you know. It was, uh, I had no place to live sometimes. Uh, I had to sleep on couches of friends and, that I've met up here. Sometimes I'd sleep in the bars. There were times where I, sh I bathed in the bar with a wash rag. And then just mopped up the, you know, whatever. But I, I did what I had to do to keep my business going. Um, along with me were great people like my wife, who was a friend at the time, and a lot of friends who uh, helped me out, not only physically but financially, to keep mm. my doors open. Um, because I just, I, you know, I couldn't cut paying the bills. A couple times my electric would get shut off, and I'd beg UI Electric to turn the power back on. And, uh, you know, we, we struggle. It's normal. I don't think it's any other different than a lot of small, especially small business struggles when you get out there and you're, you're working on it you, yourself. Did you ever think in those early years of throwing in the towel or maybe trying to sell the bar and get into something um, else? Or? You know, I always say that uh, if I was a smart businessman, I probably would have sold after the first year. Instead, I was a stubborn guinea and I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to lose. And as much as I thought about it, as much as I felt uh, it financially and stress-wise, I just... I just trusted myself that eventually I would get it. And at what point did it start? What when did it turn around? And what were like the contributing factors to turning? Um, the business you know, around? I, I tell a story. Um, 
one day I was sitting at the bar. We had a pool table in the bar at the time. Um, when you walk in, it was to the right. It wasn't service tables that you see now. But I was sitting at the table, and I was just thinking to myself, stressed out about coming up with enough you know, money to pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, you know, am I doing this? Am I doing the right thing? Maybe it's time for me to leave. And a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Danny Rodriguez, came up to me, and I'm sure he probably doesn't remember, but he came up to me, and he was about to leave, and he just stopped and said, Jay, he goes, just remember this. He goes, this is your business. He goes, you do what you want to do here, and don't let anybody else tell you anything different. And I think it just stuck with me. You know, you. I came from a completely different place. I didn't know anybody. I came into the business and I tried just to keep what was there already. And I tried to make everybody happy. Um, then the customers that would come in there for a long time, new people, whatever it was. Just, they wanted this, so I did this. They wanted that, so I did that. And then I realized that that wasn't best for my business. That was not best for my well-being. So if I wanted to make something of this, then I needed to do what he was telling me to do. Do it the way you want to do it. Um, and so finally, all the ideas that I had in my head, all the ideas that people like my wife and friends had given me, you know, I finally said, just found the courage and said, you know what, it's just time to do it. You know, either that or I'm going to close my doors. It's time for me to go. And uh, it just started turning around from that point on. Um, you know, it had the rough reputation, but it had so many good people at the same time. Um, to try to find a balance of trying to rid the bad people that were no good for business or in anything in life, to be honest with you, and to keep the good and to bring in more good at the same time. That was a, you know, a, a, a hard part. Because it had a reputation from years ago yeah. as sort of a, a blood sawdust on the, on the floor type place. It, it had and, some fun stories. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who... That was that was their neighborhood bar, and there's a lot of good stories. A lot of people that was, <laughs> it was good. Then I've heard a lot of stories. I'm not going to comment on those stories. Uh, some good laughs, some good cries, but uh, you know, it was it the the place had a good base. I saw a good base there. I saw a lot of good there. No matter how much bad there was in the past, no matter how much bad people talked about it. I saw a lot. Yeah, because I think that. some of that was perception. Because I remember moving up here and not being there when it was supposedly the, the, this rough and tumble place. I never saw any of that. Uh, but so I think some of that was like it, it was reputation, yes. not necessarily that it, it represented reality. At least in two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. Well, I think you know, some people always ask me, "What did I do to change the bar?" I never really did any change. I never tried to make change. Sometimes things just evolve the way it is. Um, yeah. And somehow the bar between the ideas that we were coming up with uh, and our work ethic that we were putting into the place just evolved into what it becomes today. You know. And then little by little, as you start to succeed, you bring in the right people for the job. Um, and then you, you start bringing in uh, employees that are hard workers. You know, not just people who are going to come in and say, okay, here, I'm here. I'm, I showed up today and think that they did their job. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking for people who are ready to get down and dirty behind that bar and work extreme hours. My wife and I put extreme hours in that bar. We were the only people in that bar, with the exception of some friends who were helping us out. Uh, you know, she would do all day and uh, I would do the days. She would come in all night. I would work in the kitchen all day. She would work in the bar all night. Um, eventually, as the business grew, we were able to bring in solid people, solid workers, to take some of that burden off us, but work just as hard as us. 
um, social media. You know, we were able to do social media. Um, I had started the Facebook page, and I had like 400 followers at one point. I don't even think I had 400 followers. I'm just trying to make myself sound good. <laughs> yeah, you're not a social media you, guy. Yeah, I'm not right? a social media guy whatsoever. Um, but we had a, maybe a couple hundred followers, which were both basically friends, you know. And then we brought in our social media guy, who you know, all of a sudden, you know, brought in thousands of people. Um, Ten thousand two hundred eighty-seven. Yes, yeah, so now we have over right ten thousand. Wow. We have over ten thousand. Um, another thing that was big for us was the Chaz and AJ show. Actually, oh really? No, no, no. I was no, just okay. Saying, I thought uh, they, had, uh, they were doing a wing competition for the Super Bowl Sunday. Um, you know, tell us what your favorite wing place is for Super Bowl Sunday. What do you recommend? And this was about five years ago, I think, when the place started really turning over for the best, um, and everyone started, you know, writing in Dewdrop, and they were like, you know, they're from the valley. Um, and Chaz was like, Dewdrop? Are we talking about you know the same Dewdrop that I, that I know about, that I grew up with, that I you know?" And um, he was born in Derby. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and obviously they have thousands of listeners. Yeah. Um, and they brought me in, and we I brought them some wings, and we talked about the bar a little bit, and it was a good push, push you know, a good a good push. All of a sudden, you know, between uh, doing bringing in someone to do our social media the correct way, you know, being on the radio. Who knows how many thousands of people heard about us, and then people just started calling and walking through our doors, you know, and, and it's, it's, it hasn't slowed down since then. And how about steak night? Because steak night is sort of, uh, your Thursday night steak night became like the place to be in the valley on a Thursday night, or actually not even Thursday night, all during the day. Yeah. You'd get the local, as reporters, we were trying, we always like to know where uh, the local politicians are going as much as we can, because <laughs> yeah, we stalk people, okay, it's part of the job. And you were getting, uh, like, the valley uh, uh, heavy lifters, and what's another word for movers and shakers? That's yeah, what I'm trying yeah, to yeah. say. Yeah. I don't know how to speak. But uh, how did, was that by design? Like, that the, was the just, night? How did that? You know, as a business evolves, you evolve with your ideas. And, you're not, and not only do you evolve with your ideas, but you're capable of doing them now. So we always had these great ideas to implement it to the bar, but you just you couldn't do it. The bar wasn't ready to do it. Um, so we were looking for something to spruce up during the week, um, and you know the valley is a is a very blue collared meat and potato type of area, and what better to do it than you know steak? Um, so we figured, okay, we do steak night one day a week, and we'll do some homemade mash. Uh, we put some carrots that we cooked in the honey and brown sugar uh, and buttered uh, glaze, if you want to say it. And uh, I got up at three thirty in the morning. Every Thursday, to cut and peel potatoes, boil them, get them ready, cut the steaks, season them. And that's what I did the first night. We sold 15 steaks, if I'm not mistaken. And then within months, um, we were selling over 100 wow. um, to the point where we've been written up about them. Um, there was even a magazine that wrote written us up as the best steakhouse in Connecticut once. I think that was a CS, MSN business or something, um, which was surprising. Um, and now we actually, this year... You just got something, right? You well, we, we, we get written up for a lot of things, but for the steaks in particular. Um, but we used to do it on Thursdays, but actually we do steaks now. Our steaks are available seven days a week now. So oh, I didn't know because yes, I could never get in on a Thursday yeah, well, night. that was one of the reasons why it was so oh, popular. Oh, because I couldn't get in. Because particularly <laughs> oh, we were oh. thinking, you know, we have to get Eugene in there. <laughs> um, but we tried. We They were so popular. I mean, so many people liked them. We said, why not just try it this year? Seven time. days a week. Um, so we just basically, you know, we take off, uh, I believe, $5 on Thursdays for it. Um, and we did, unfortunately, stop doing the potatoes and carrots because um, there's a lot of prep work, mm -hmm. peeling and cutting 100 pounds of carrots and potatoes. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure you know. I've showed you, but our kitchen is very small. It's, small, it's, it's yeah. probably smaller than most. I think. Kitchens. I think the steak is what what people are. Yeah, the steak is is key. You know, the steak is key. Who doesn't yeah, love a steak? Speaking of your kitchen, we have besides vegans. Yeah, James Mascolo, who was uh, relocated to uh, West Virginia. Yes, he was an employee at one. I yes. think that's how I met James. Okay. Uh, he said, "You've come a long way since we worked together. Very happy for your and Kenneth's success." Always a destination when I come home yes. to visit. Yes. And uh, Muscolo is not going to guy. Who, he's not going to be a guy who's going to BS you. No, you know that's that, from that's, the heart. Because no, I saw not. when I brought up his name, there was Jay's Jay's. Our eyes started starting because <laughs> wow. you know we had him on live last night. He called in. Okay, good. And we talked. He was him, so a good guy. If you're listening, how's it going? There um, he is. And he's also, a, a quick joke, a very good karaoke singer, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm dude. sure he's laughing about that. Ooh, yeah. he, he, Ooh, likes, about he likes. We're singing. not going to talk about those days at the do, but he likes to sing Billy Joel, tell him. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah, probably, what, like 80s era Billy Joel? Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh, town girl era. He likes to, you know. Oh, I'm going to have to. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to bang Down Easter Alexa. That's yeah. what you're, you're done, Muscolo. <laughs> uh, two more things I wanted to ask you about, because yeah. we have about five minutes. You're involved in the. Derby's Shelton Rotary Club every year does an Oktoberfest. Yes, and Oktoberfest. Uh, that I guess it's in October. Uh, well, it's, it's every it's, every week it changes. I'm sorry, every year the day changes. What do you so. do for that, and, and what's that well, event bas- like? Basically, it's a beer and wing festival, um, and all the money again gets donated to the to them, and it goes back into the local community. The um, Rotarians do a billion yeah, things. Rotary clubs do a yeah, billion things, yeah. um, which is one of the reasons when they asked me to be part of it, I was full on board with that because I am a big believer in trying to do things with with companies and people where the money is going where they say it's supposed to go, um, especially nothing greater when it goes back into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the people there are unbelievable. Um, they're all about the community, all about the community and going back. And the event... Uh, we raise, I think, about 20000 if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure what the numbers are. I'm not a Rotary member, even though I work side by side with them. Um, and it goes to probably many mm-hmm. different charities. They donate to the American Cancer Society for the Relay for Life every year. Um, I, my part is basically I am in charge of the beer supply for the event. Um, I sponsor the event by organizing what beers are coming, the breweries, I get out there, get them to come. And, um, and the breweries are great because they donate their beer again um, for the cause, um, and, it, and uh, again, it's another great Valley event um, that helps a lot of people out. And then, in terms of breweries, this wasn't my—I said I had two things, but we'll yep. make it three. Uh, Bad Sons Brewing Company is yes. under construction. Uh, a couple of lots down from you on Roosevelt Drive, and yes. I had interviewed you about uh, when when we uh, first reported that they were moving to the Valley. So there's a resurgence. It looks like. On Roosevelt Drive, there. Yes. Uh, and then outside I of all this, so. there's some rezoning going on. Yes. That the idea is supposed to uh, get underutilized property uh, into the future, utilized in yes. some way. But uh, bad sons. I mean, that's a good thing. I think you, you were saying it's a fantastic thing. Um, it's it's they're good people, and they are hard workers, and they're you know bringing something to Derby that nobody else is going to have. And hopefully that brings people into the community. Hopefully um, it gets them out there spending money, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, it's just, it's good. I, I was talking about this with someone the other day, how, you know, it just says something when, you know, when you drive through areas and you see nothing but, you know, run down buildings or broken glass, you know, 
you just you it's it's a gloomy experience. It's a mm. gloomy feeling, um, and it's good to see businesses like Bad Sons and other businesses coming into the area, having open doors and you know glass and signs out there uh, to bring life back into the community. You know, for not just people driving by, but it makes me feel good. Um, as a local business owner, to see other things open around me. Um, this isn't a competition in life. Mm -hmm. we're, we all, local business owners, sacrifice a lot of time and energy um, into their well-being, and we should all be supporting each other. Um, there's no threat um, whatsoever in them there. I'm going to support them in everything they do. They already support me, you know, plenty coming down for lunch, and we talk, and uh, looks like they're moving fast there. They sh Hopefully they should be open soon. Uh, is summer? Uh, is, they, is that their... I'm not sure. They, I'm not I, sure. I thought I saw on the sign summer, but... I, I know they were hoping... <coughs> I know themselves, personally, they were hoping by the end of this month. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not... I, I'm not yeah, part yeah. of the process of them, you know, yeah. getting the place together, but uh, I'm excited to be honest with you. It's going to bring new people into the area. Again, it's going to, you know, it's going to be something that's going to be open. And there's right, be exactly. Cars it's a reuse. It. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's going to be. It's exciting for Der the city of Derby and, and good for the city of Derby going out there and uh, getting them. And then the last thing I just want to touch upon, like you're now a dad, you know, and uh, what what is that? I mean, I have two kids myself. So I kind of know the answer to this. Being but, uh, a dad is... And how's Kenna doing? I haven't seen Kenna in forever. Uh, Kenna is great. Kenna, yeah. Kenna, although she doesn't work the bar, she deals with the stuff that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> um, you know, as your business gets more successful work, that paperwork just piles high. Mm -hmm. And she takes care of the paperwork and the scheduling and dealing with some of the employees that I, you know, I'm not around to. Um, and she deals with me, to be honest with you. You know, when I come home in a bad mood, unfortunately, she has to put up with that. Um, and she does a fabulous job with it. Um, and then, you know, obviously, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for her. Um, as far as it, being a father and parents, it's the best experience in the world. Mm. It's the best part of my day. Every morning, I look forward to it. Every hour of sleep that I lose is another hour that I spend with my daughter, and it's a, a fantastic. And fantastic. Is, she like, is she like talking and walking at this point now? She has been talk. She has been walking and running like a maniac, running oh, into nice. everything. Um, she is a lot like her father and mother, but she's a lot like her father, where she likes to run into things head first. Um, and uh, hey, we're doing it live. Go ahead. She's Let's ignore uh, that. You know, she is starting to articulate her words. Um, she's only a year and a half, so she's getting there. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, she's good. She's very clever. She's, she's a very clever kid so far. That's awesome. Incredible. She brings a lot of joy. I love it. It's a great way. I tell people it's a great way to spend the second half of my life. Um, so. Oh, yeah. Middle age, Jay. There yeah, it is. You know, Boom. 40, 40, going to be 45 this year, so it took me a long time, but uh, well worth well worth the wait. Absolutely. And then I guess the, the last thing we have to do here, 1231, look how, look, we are cooking with gas here. Did we hit the 500? It looks like we did not. We raised $475, so I'm, I think oh, we should say. Oh, wow. We're, we're within we'll 25. I'll, I'll, give the, I'll, give the, I'll give the $25 retroactively okay. to uh, put us over the top. So we go from nice family talk and, and all positive things to now, because you came through and we put the challenge out there, so thank you very much. We raised what we needed to raise in an hour. Jay's allowed to tell a uh, somewhat embarrassing story uh, that involved my friend, actually. It was more of a friend <laughs> thing uh, from, from back in the day. So do you remember? Like, oh, yeah, I remember I, I, quite clearly. <laughs> 
quite clearly. So there's almost there's two sides to this story. No, there's only one side. <laughs> one the side. truth, the truth of the sober bar owner. That's that's the only side. So I'm gonna start with. I used to. Now we only have like a minute left. Okay. Today. Anyway, I, just, I, I come no, in the I'm bar just... every morning and I clean. Are you kidding? How are you think nah, you're not getting away with this one? There's our guest. We got we got this guy knows Shakespeare. They can wait. <laughs> they can wait. Everybody knows Shakespeare. Um, so every morning I come in my I would be in the bar cleaning every morning, and every all of a sudden I notice I'm like, why are my ketchup? salt and pepper shakers missing a lot lately i don't understand it i'm not even busy at this i'm not even busy at the time we're going back eight to ten years ago eight to eleven years ago and i couldn't be i'm like why are people of all things stealing ketchup and salt and pepper welcome to durban the shot glasses the, the pint glasses i get it you know it's gonna happen still does but ketchup anyway i'm telling this to my wife who was she wasn't even my wife at the time she was a friend and and one of my cooks dave and uh we're telling the story Big Dave, uh, Big Dave Garfala, who's no longer here. He moved to North Carolina, and uh, so sure as not, about a week or two later, I get a phone call. Um, Jay, uh, you want to come downstairs? This is quite funny. So I lived above. Obviously, I lived above the bar for about ten years. I was in there at the time, and I I traveled downstairs. And uh, Dave has some kid up against the wall, and um, I walk in. I'm like, "What's up?" And Dave just this is this me. is late at night. This is this late is, at night. This, this is, is midnight, twelve thirty, about to close, and. Uh, He's just like, Dave has this little smile on his face, and he's looking down. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at Dave like, what? What's going Dave, on? Dave's about six, yeah, about two, six, six two, three. three so. And the guy is about, the guy that he has, I guess, was about five, eight. Yeah, he's about my nine. height, five, seven, maybe a little taller than me. And I look down, and Long I notice on, on the table, uh, ketchup and salt and pepper shakers. And, I'm, <laughs> and then I look up at Dave, and I'm like, no. And he just gives me this nod, like, yeah. And, uh. So I look and I, and I ask this guy, I'm like, why are you stealing my salt and pepper shakers and ketchups? And he's just like giving me this bewildered look and he doesn't want to answer. He's, you know, he's a little nervous, but he's embarrassed too at the same time. And I'm looking at the guy and all of a sudden I realize like, wait a second, I, I know you from somewhere. Like I know you. And he's just like looking at me and I'm like, wait a second, aren't you friends with Eugene? <laughs> Haven't you been in this bar with Eugene drinking coarse lights here a couple of times? <laughs> And all of a sudden, he just looked at me with this mortified face. That he he didn't want to say yes. He really didn't want to say yeah, anything. As a friend, but as a friend, he was trying that's to trying friend, to yeah, stick yeah. up. But he gave in eventually. And I just looked at him. I said, "Quite interesting. This is funny." I was just telling somebody how my salt and pepper and ketchup's missing. And of course, it's a friend of a friend that's doing this. So I said, "I'm gonna let you go. No big deal." I go do me a favor. He wasn't killed. That's what our concern. I, I let him go. Yes, I didn't physically. I did, we didn't harm him. You know, it wasn't worth harming someone physically for ketchup, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. But uh, I never got an answer. I just assumed that, you know, he was out of ketchup for his, you know, hot dogs or hamburgers at the house. To this day, I don't know why. Yeah, I and, can't uh, even explain it. We, we, we let him go, and I just said, please don't uh, stay out for a little bit, but uh, don't steal my ketchup and salt pepper shakers, please. And yeah. then you basically called me the next day apologizing and... I said, oh, no, look at that. Did. I did? I don't know. Okay, yeah, you good. did. You All said, right, I'm so sorry. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. And I was like, ah, don't worry about it. No big deal. And uh, I guess, uh, well, thank you for that. That was the story. I hope I that was worth the, the donations. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you made off better than uh, uh, downtown Danny O's. The uh, whole plate of nachos disappeared from there. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. So, all right. Thank you so much, Jay. Yeah, I hope awesome. you... Uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thanks for your donation. Thanks Absolutely. for sponsoring this segment.
and uh, donate.valleyindy.org or, or go to thegreatgive.org. There's 100 nonprofits, 400 nonprofits you can help uh, through a donation. Uh, check out the Relay for Life. Ethan put the link in uh, under this video. Uh, you know, support the community uh, just like Jay and the Dewdrop do. So with that, I'm going to mute the mic. I'm going to kill the live stream, and we'll be back at one.